And I'm Jock Wilson. How are you, Mr. Rose? Oh, I'm very well, and welcome to our latest edition of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Just well, I figured it was about time to uh, mm. get you up to date on what's been going on with uh, an offseason that started off crazily with free agency. Things have slowed down a little bit, but there's still a lot going on. I guess, Jocko, uh, let's start with what uh, the latest thing is, and that's the CBA talks. Yeah. Finally, finally got underway in uh, in mid-March, I honestly don't know why they waited so long. But anyway, there's at least been a little bit of discussion here. Not a whole lot of substance besides, uh, well, here we are, and it's been amicable so far. And, and no surprise that they're keeping it uh, keeping it close to the best. Uh, it seems to be a lot of non-monetary issues in play right now. And yep. so that tells me they, they've got to get through the language. They've got to get through a lot. You know, the, the CBA is a very complicated document. You know, mm. you, if, if you have, you know, a boring couple of nights, or maybe bathroom reading material you might want to go through, you know, the CBA. But I think in most cases, no one is going to be that much of a fan to, to go through every single page and clause of the CBA. But, you know, the fact that they haven't, you know, really discussed the monetary issues yet tells me they've still got a lot of work to do. If anybody thought this was going to be done in the first two days in Toronto, you were probably dreaming. Uh, the positive is they are talking again, you know, this coming week in Winnipeg. It's interesting. The owners, the player side, or at least the league, side being very, very quiet about it, which is probably the right thing to do. You know, the, the players are coming out. They're at least meeting with the media. Brian Ramsey from the executive, you know, he's made a few comments, but realistically not saying too much. I, I actually prefer going on Twitter and seeing what the players are saying about it. Some of the players uh, aren't too, too kind with the, you know, how things are going on right now. So we'll see how this plays out, Dave. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, when you're talking non-monetary issues, I think the biggest thing is going to be long-term injury care. Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps talking about what happened to Jonathan Hefney. And I, I think the CFL, just in terms of honor, needs to look after its players after they're gone. If you leave this game, you know, you got, you've got to leave the game in yeah. some kind of reasonable shape to take care of yourself and your family. Well, and, and, and there's a couple of other issues. It's percentage of revenues. You know, we, we see what's happened in, in the NHL. It's a 50-50 split between the players and the owners. And right now, I believe the numbers in the CFL are, are under 30%, you know, for the players. So the players, you know, want to see a bigger piece of the pie when mm-hmm. it comes to the revenue split. Remembering, of course, it's a smaller pie. I, I, exactly right. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is, is is there going to be expansion into Atlantic Canada if they get that stadium built? You know, that's going to grow the league. You know, you certainly have talked a lot about, at least you and I have talked a lot about it, but more, more importantly, the commissioner has talked about CFL 2.0. How is that going to grow potential revenues for the league? That is still to be determined. So, so you know, it's going to be interesting. Will this be a shorter-term contract or CBA just because you want to see how it all plays out, or will they go down the path of signing another five-year deal? I would say, I, I think they got to be looking at a five-year deal. I mean, they've had good luck with having just having that labor piece for five years. I think that's in the interests of both sides. I don't mm-hmm. think the players want to keep you know walking down this every couple of years, and certainly I know the league does it. I guess the, the only question from my standpoint is, I, I think there's going to be a deal. There's not going to be a labor stoppage mm-hmm. just because there hasn't been one since like 1974. Uh, the the only question for me is, does this drag into the start of training camp, or do they get it resolved before then? It, that that's a great question. But let's let's speculate here. Let's say there is a work stoppage. Mm-hmm. Who does that benefit? 
Nobody. D- d- I, I agree, but but if they're head to play, you know, does that put more pressure on the owners to get something done? Especially here in Calgary, when you're hosting a Grey Cup game, you don't want to lose the season. Mm-hmm. You know, the players they're already not getting paid; they're not getting their bonus money. You know, hopefully they have prepared for a potential work stoppage. So I, I don't know. I I think if there is a you know a, a work stoppage, I think it, it plays into the players' favor. Yeah, ownership. I mean, certainly they have more to lose. I mean, if they're getting a bigger piece of right. that smaller pie, but I mean, if you're a player. And you're not getting paid. I mean, you know, ask Le'Veon Bell how well mm. it works out sitting out an entire year. How much, you know, how much money did yeah. he leave on the table? I, I, I will go back to your earlier comment. No one, no one benefits. The fans no. don't benefit. The league doesn't benefit. The players don't benefit. So, uh, God forbid, there would be a work stoppage. I, I don't think the Canadian Football League is there, even though this this league has been around for a long, long time. We haven't talked since free agency, and that initial rush around free agency was mm. absolutely nuts. Now that we've had a few weeks to sit down and, and digest it and do some realistic looks at, at who got impacted, plus and minus, in terms of winners and losers, where do you think the Calgary Stampeders ended up? Wow. The, the Calgary Stampeders are a mystery for me. Hey, they're, yeah. they're not going to be a 13-win team this season. I, I just can't see it. You know, but I, I don't know what the West, how it's going to shape up. Because you break it down, look at the names the Calgary Stampeders have lost. First of all, to the NFL, Jameer Thurman, Alex mm-hmm. Singleton, Mark and Michelle, James Vodders. Very, very important pieces, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then through free agency, you lose... Ja'Garrett Davis to Hamilton, Troy Stoudemire to Ottawa, Siante Evans to the Alliance League, Tunde Adelike to the Tiger Cats, Lamar Durant to the Lions, Micah Johnson to the Riders, Varus Daniels to Edmonton, Randy Richards to Toronto, Pat Levels and, and Spencer Wilson to the Owls. That's a crap load of players that, that this team has lost. That is a, a lot of bodies. I mean, and some, yes. of these, uh, some of these we expected, some of those, you know, are not necessarily nope. major losses. I mean, I look at a Patrick Levels, and I've watched this guy for two years, and I just haven't seen yeah. development out of him to lead me the, to think that he'd be a difference maker. A guy like Troy Stoudemire, on the other hand, what limited Utility. action we yes. saw him in, I thought he was going to be a, a great well, contributor you this know, year. Offensively, I, I don't think they've lost too much. They've kept their offensive mm-hmm. line together. You know, they've, they've got, you know, their running back position set up. You know, Juwan Breskison re-signs. Obviously, they re-signed the quarterback. So offensively, this team is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you know, Brent Monson is the new defensive coordinator. He's going to have his hands full. He's going to have some challenges because the linebacking core is totally different. Obviously, that defensive line is totally different. There are going to be some holes in the secondary from last year. So this was the number one defense in the Canadian Football League last year in Calgary, and it was a big part of why they won a Grey Cup championship. So how is John Huffnagel and company going to reinvent you know, this defense as they hit the reset button? That is going to be intriguing to me. So I, I think offensively, Dave, they're going to be fine. But then there are issues you know, in, with every other team. Yes, the BC Lions, I think they've made the biggest strides because they, they went out and they got the best quarterback available. That was Mike Riley. I think they've added you know, a nice piece on their offensive line with Sook Chung. You know, they've added Lamar Durant to, you know, defensively. They've added some guys like Lamar Durant, you know, they, they've Deron added... You know, Carter. Dur- well, Deron Carter on offense. Yeah. So so they've got some weapons. Uh, you know, I think BC, uh, you know, has the potential to make a little bit of an upgrade. Edmonton, I, I, I don't know. You know, they lose so many key players. They were a 500 yeah. team last Trevor year. Trevor Harris not, is not an upgrade on no, Mike Riley. Not. No, matter not. How you, no matter how you spin it. The, the, team, the team I look at that could be the biggest winners out of all of this are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, mm-hmm. they lose Suk Chung. But, you know, we we commented on this before, the fact that before free agency, Winnipeg, I don't think there was a more active team mm-hmm. going out there 
and keeping their own guys. They kept a lot of their key pieces in place, and that was a pretty good football team. Well, and don't forget, they signed Willie Jefferson as well. Yeah. You know, and that that's a big add. Mm-hmm. You know, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the offensive line does scare me a little bit. Suk Chung. They also had uh, that other. I can't remember his name. The young kid that retired. You yeah. Know, that oh, that certainly that 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 drew them. You know, because that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. And so when you lose, you know, two fifths of your offensive line, uh, that is going to be a big blow for that team. So you know, uh, I think that was Gordon, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think of it. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, bottom line is uh, Winnipeg. That's why I think every team has has some issues. And how do you break down the Western Conference heading into a brand new season? It, it's it flip a coin because do you have a clear cut favorite? No, no, no I don't. N- neither I, do I. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to rank. Uh, I'm going to rank the Calgary Stampeders as number one right now, just because, because they're defending. Because champs? they're the defending Grey Cup champions going in. Because BC is yep. a bit of a mystery. Uh, you know, Winnipeg didn't get there with the lineup they had. Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, or, or sorry, Saskatchewan uh, and, and Edmonton, I think are weaker right now mm-hmm. than they were last year. As far as the Calgary Stampeders, I just want to double back there uh, mm-hmm. when, when you were talking about defense and Brent Monson. I think the biggest challenge for Monson is going to be with that inside linebacker position. When you lose an Alex Singleton, you know, forget about the whole the passport and the ratio buster for a second. Just you lose a pure athlete at that position. Alex Singleton mm-hmm. could just cover so much ground. And whoever you get there is not going to be as capable as Alex Singleton of no. cover of covering that much ground, so that is gonna that is gonna change the way that you use that position. And Monson, who is a great defensive mind, and the players are really excited about him coming in, but I think that's the biggest change that he's gonna have to accommodate. Yeah, you know, hey, if they're gonna go with Corey Greenwood in the middle, you know, he's a, he's a Canadian, mm-hmm. and you know has played at a very high level in the NFL and the Canadian Football League if he can stay healthy. But let's be honest, he's not Alex Singleton. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know that would be that would be a nice you know to have. Have another Canadian start at that middle linebacker position. I think Winton McManus is poised to have. Winton McManus is going to be is going to be a great player. He's going to have to be a stud, yeah. and you know he's going to really help out. You know with the Jameer Thurman or whoever you know from that uh, from that perspective. I want to adjust a little bit here and start talking about uh, something that well we're going to be talking about uh, a whole lot as it gets uh, closer. Jock, you and I were at the kickoff uh, for the Grey Cup Festival. Experience the energy. Experience the energy <laughs> and the scarves. We got Grey Cup scarves too. Yes. We're very excited about that. But uh, you know when we're looking ahead to the Grey Cup and the Grey Cup Festival, that was the first major event launch for the upcoming season. How do you think they handled it? Uh, you know what? It was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, I love the concept of it, you know, going basically the street festival right down at the Stampede Grounds because, you know, they've got venues where if it gets nasty cold, which you can in November, you know, you can move a lot of the activities inside. You're going to have, you know, they haven't announced the entertainment package yet, but I think that's going to be great. You know, if you go to, and, and, and hey, as much as we like to make fun of Edmonton, Edmonton did a very, very nice job with their very festival nice last year. You know, so uh, there, there's a reason why Dwayne Vigneault has come from Edmonton to help out the Calgary Great Cup Committee as well, just to get them on the right track. And so there's going to be some some different aspects to it. It's going to, you know, the Great Cup Rodeo. That's I think that's kind of cool. You that's know? not a bad idea. Uh, it's not. You know, they, it, they did a rodeo during the Olympics. Hey, bottom line is you've got all of these visitors, all of these guests from all over the country. They're looking for parties, and you can go watch, uh, you know, some bull riding and uh, have a few cocktails and, and still get out and enjoy the uh, the team parties afterwards. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all goes. So, no, I think for step one, it was excellent. I know there's a little bit of negativity around, you know, our tickets too pricey for the Great Cup. Oh, it no, just pisses me off when, yeah. when people make those comments. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I looked at the ticket prices. First of all, the bottom ticket price 
is the same as it was in 2009. Yep. And in 2009, they're, you know, they're charging that to sit on scaffolding. Right. And good luck finding a porta potty. You know, now this year, they're not expanding the seating capacity. I, I like that just because of McMahon the fact McMahon can't that, handle it. No, McMahon can't, cannot handle it, physically cannot handle it. I mean, it's hard enough to get to a, a bathroom and a beer stand now. Mm-hmm. So go with the facilities you've got and put uh, you know put people in there, especially if you're going to be charging a premium ticket price. And why wouldn't you? It's a premium yeah. event. <laughs> well. You know, and it, like I said, I compare it to floor seats for Fleetwood Mac coming in at around a thousand bucks. I, I had the pleasure to go to the Saddle Dome for the Jerome Aginla night. And this, you know, it, when the tickets were printed, they didn't know this was going to be Jerome Aginla's night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the iconic Platinum Club. Face value on my ticket was 350 bucks. This was a regular yeah. season game against Minnesota. Like, who gives a crap? No one normally. Fortunately, it turned out to be a very good game because, you know, Jerome McGinley was being... Uh, but that was the face value before you even knew it was Jerome McGinley night. Yeah, I mean, we're not even talking about the no. secondary market yet. <laughs> no, because, you know, we don't know. Exactly. You know, that, you know I mean, it's, it's not okay. going to be Super Bowl-style scalping, but, you know, these premium tickets are not going to be going for face value. It's an event, as I said on the air, it's an event that comes to Calgary once every eight or nine years. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, it's not the Super Bowl, I get it. But it's the Canadian Super Bowl. And because it's the Canadian Super Bowl, because it's it's more than just a game, it's the biggest, it's the biggest game in Canada on television and you know in a local market that you can get. Yes, you might get a Stanley Cup final game here in Cal- in Canada, but that hasn't happened for a long, long time. So the bottom line is there is no bigger game than this the Grey Cup. So to charge four hundred dollars or four hundred and twenty dollars for a premium seat, I, I don't know where where people are bitching about it because you know you look at the World Series, the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup Finals, NCAA Final Four. You know, go to a, go to a Masters. You Prices know, are golf, insane. It is insane. Yeah. So I, I don't think this is gouging at all. Uh, the one interesting thing, though, I will say this: I, I, I had a couple of season ticket holders send me their invoices. There is a twenty dollar. Gray Cup, uh, uh, what, what did, how do they position it? They call it as a, a Gray Cup administration fee. So you do the math on that. An administration fee, $20 per ticket, 35,000 tickets. That's about 700000 Who's getting that $700,000, Dave? <laughs> Calgary Sports and Entertainment. It's, or know, maybe the league is. Yeah. Maybe that's a league, uh, league it's, chart. Well, it's a chance. I mean, it, it, look, this is a chance. To generate revenue, I mean, you know, sure. a lot of teams remember when Winnipeg had the Grey oh, yeah. Cup. That was, you know, the, that was key to you know Winnipeg's economic model, ju- not just for that year, but for years beyond. If you and want a healthy league, you got to have a healthy game. Exactly, and this is something I, I just want to throw out there because it would be something that would impact the Calgary Stampeders, you know, I think in, in a negative way uh, economically. But there's been some talk. And I don't know if it would come in in this CBA. I can't see it because I think it's too big. But there's been some talk about league equalization mm-hmm. about uh, leveling the playing field because you know you've got you've got the haves out there you know you've got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders you know Stampeders Edmonton Eskimos you know teams that are are making money out there compared to you know teams that are that are struggling yeah. i mean certainly Montreal uh, would be in that case even even a team like the BC Lions yeah. right now uh, would you be in favor of a little bit of equalization just to uh, you know, just to just to get these some of these teams that don't have the revenue up in the competitive well, bracket. I guess all you have to do is look what they do in the National Hockey League. They have that already in play. And if you mm-hmm. want the if you want to get the, the the split up there, you know the uh, the fifty fifty percentage that you have in the NHL. You know, there's there's a reason why uh, the haves can help the have nots. And, uh, you know, so a little bit of that would, hey, we, we know the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are, it's a license to print money. 
and, and good on the sketch. And Rough Riders have got a new stadium, everything else from that standpoint. But yeah, if you don't have a healthy league, you are in serious doo-doo. So ultimately, I think that that makes good sense. And I love, I love how you opened with labor agreement and yep. you just spun it right around and, and we're ending with labor agreement stuff. The circle is closed. <laughs> I promise you next time around, we're going to get back to uh, a little bit more football talk. Of course, the regional combines are going, uh, the main combines are going. We're going to be getting a little bit more excited about uh, the draft and starting to creep towards the start of the season here. Hey, quick congratulations to Jeshrod Antwi of the Calgary Dinos mm. who qualified for the main combine out of the Western Combine. And by the way, that CFL draft taking place May the Second, uh, I totally forgot the Calgary Stampeders don't have a first-round pick because they forfeited that pick in the 2018 supplemental draft for Tyler Johnston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think John Huffnagel is going to find a way to get into the first round. You think round. so? Yeah. You, you foresee a trade in Huff's future? I foresee John Huffnagel likes making a little <laughs> bit of noise on draft day, so I could I could see that happening. Hey, a lot of business uh, talked about this time, but next time around, we're going to be getting close to football season again, so we'll be talking more football. Thanks for joining us this time around. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in. That's where you go to find the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Please, folks, take the time out to rate us. Let us know what you think about the show. Tell a friend if you like what you hear, and also drop your ideas to us. Uh, we'd like to get your ideas about where you want us to go from here. He's Jock Wilson. Hey, I am Jock Wilson, and he's Dave Rowe. And this is the Calgary Stampeder Podcast.